You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to Now Hear This. I'm your host, Chris Spangle. Now Hear This is a conversation with leaders in Indianapolis that are working to improve the lives of Hoosiers. Our goal is to empower you to join in their work and make a difference while informing you about the unseen aspects of life in Indiana. If you miss an episode, you can listen via podcast at nowhearthisindy.com. Uh, I'm, uh, I have the pleasure today of speaking to Jay Height, who is the executive director of Shepherd Community Center uh, on the Near East Side. Jay, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about Shepherd Community Center. What are you? Where are you? What do you do? Yeah, Shepherd Community is serving the Near East Side of Indianapolis for the last 35 years. We are on East Washington between Sherman and Emerson. We've We've been here. We used to be at State in Washington and a little over 15 years ago moved further east and have served this area in a continuum of care, working with children, teens, and their families to about 500 families, as well as serving the neighborhood and, and other residents with additional services. So obviously this is a time unlike any of our memories in, in recent past. So how are you adjusting to help at-risk families during the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, we, we pivoted three weeks ago to focus in very much a relief mode to make sure the basic needs of our neighbors are being met, making sure that they have food, making sure they can pay their bills and, and they're not going to be evicted or have any of their utilities shut off. We're working with making sure their medical needs are being met we are working to continue the education to the 400 plus students we work with every day in our normal programming to make sure they can continue moving forward academically through e-learning. And then we're trying to connect to a community where social isolation is causing all kinds of, of challenges and want to make sure that folks know that uh, they have neighbors who care for them. So let's go through some of those five areas and talk about the various needs and, and how you are, are helping. Let's start with food. How big of a need right now is there in, in food in some of the families that are at risk? It's overwhelming. So every day we distribute back breakfast and lunch to students. Afternoons we provide meals to probably, say, 200 families so that they have something that they can warm up and eat. Every two weeks, we do a food giveaway of 500 boxes of food. Every Friday, we're doing breakfast in a bag, a partnership with Alanco, where we are providing pork products, milk, eggs, and bread, all uh, raised and, and um, brought to market through Indiana farmers and producers, and so we appreciate that part, uh, partnership. We're working with great organizations like Second Helping, uh, Midwest Food Bank, Gleaners, and partnering with uh, folks like Safeway, where we're purchasing food. It is very difficult, and so hunger is an unfortunate reality, and we're doing everything we can to get food out, uh, sharing some of what we have with others so that uh, other organizations can meet the needs of those that they have relationships with. You know, all of these issues are bigger than any one organization. It's going to take all of us working together, and, and we're blessed to have a lot of great friends uh, in the city. So can you give us an idea of the difference between 
you know, maybe this time last year or January versus the the need for food, the demand for food versus now? What's changed? It's 180, 180 degrees. Really? It, it, people have struggled and I would have said uh, I would have said a month ago that the challenge was really around access that we had enough food right now the, the just-in-time supply chain can't keep up with this huge demand and so it's hard to find food it's very difficult and so it's it's requiring a lot on our behalf uh, to keep people uh, fed and we've reconstituted our own kitchen where we provide meals to over 2,000 kids every, or 2,000 meals to kids every week during our normal programming. So now we're trying to help feed the whole family. Mm. How much does, you know, people panic buying at the store at Meyer or Kroger or whatever? How, how much does that impact somebody like you? Is that a huge drain? Well, I think it is, it is created a shortfall that, uh, then when we're trying to secure it, I think a lot of folks in central Indiana are blessed that they could stock up, but my neighbors don't have that luxury. And and so then the, the shelves are empty when they go. So we're starting to see now a few weeks into this that things like diapers and, and feminine hygiene and shampoo and those personal care items that are very expensive are and, and you can't use food stamps for, you can't use SNAP for, that now that's becoming a precious commodity and we're trying to address that too. And we're telling folks, Hey, you can go online and order it and ship it to us. But many times when they go online, stuff's not there. So if people want to donate food or items or goods, do you have a place that they can do that? Do you encourage that? Absolutely. Uh, they can uh, go online and, and find their store, whether it's target, Walmart, Amazon, wherever they like to shop and, and then have it shipped to us. And, and, and we're having that happen every day. Uh, some people are stopping by and dropping it off. Uh, you know, the online shopping sure makes it a lot easier for folks to donate. And those products are all things that we're getting out as, as quick as we can. Talking to Jay Height, who is the executive director of the Shepherd Community Center. You can find their website as shepherdcommunity.org, helping the Near East Side. The next focus area in this 120-day plan is family stability, financial assistance. Can you give us an idea of some of the needs there? Sure. It, it's paying the very basic bills uh, for many of our neighbors who've gotten laid off. Uh, and they're hoping to get the stimulus check. The, the problem with all of that is it's going to take probably into May before those start arriving. And, and so that, that uh, creates some difficulty. And so April's going to be a tough month. And so we're trying to help them pay their bills. We're, I so appreciate folks like Citizens Gas who have gone out of their way to create ways for our families to keep connected to their services. They're, they're reaching out and, and saying that they have funds to help. They're making sure that if someone had their water turned off and turn it back on, that's, that's great leadership. I appreciate Citizens Gas for doing that. And Spectrum has given free internet to, uh, for a couple of months to our neighbors as well. And those are great ways that companies who are out there to do business and to make money so that they can keep doing business are being creative and helping our neighbors 
but we're also having to help them with some other bills and, and things like cell phones during this time are not a luxury. They're actually needed. And it's the way many of our neighbors actually can go online to fill out their unemployment. Part of the challenge, we're working to make our parking lot a, a hotspot because where do you go if you don't have connectivity at home? And the places that most of our neighbors would go are closed. And so we're trying to help them so that they can pull into our lot. They can walk here and, and be able to connect. So would something like a cash donation to Shepherd Community help you with some of that? Or is that about partners, working with partnerships? How can our listeners help you in this area? Well, people can, can donate. They, there's a, a site on our website, the COVID-19 uh, landing spot, where they can go on and and donate, and, and 100% of that money is going to be used for our response. Um, we, we're spending more money than we normally do, um, but we should, and that's what's needed. We're thankful that we're here and we're able to do this. We're getting about 25 phone calls a day of neighbors, 25 to 50. It averages out that uh, they're calling us saying, hey, I need help with this bill. I need to buy this medicine, that kind of stuff. So speaking of medicine, the next focus area is the medical area. What, what is your organization doing in this respect? We have a paramedic uh, in a partnership with Eskenazi that is on our team, and we've redeployed him. He's actually going to seniors' homes, making sure that they are taking, being taken care of. If they have some type of chronic health care, we're, we're taking scales in. We're taking automatic blood pressure tests, oxygen readers so that they can monitor themselves. We're working with volunteer doctors that if, if someone was to say, hey, I, uh, um, I'd i like to help, we're getting volunteer retired docs who are just calling our neighbors to say, "How? what was your blood pressure today? And, and making sure that the scales are really about, are you gaining weight, which would tell us that we need to be worried about your heart or uh, you know, if, if you gain a lot of weight quickly, then our paramedic will go back out and see what, what needs to happen. We're trying to keep people out of the hospital. The, the, the assumption for many is that telemedicine will be the way folks get their care. But, you know, I'm 54 years old, and uh, if I want to do technology, my adult kids come over and help their old dad because I'm just not very swift with it. And, and then to expect our neighbors who have never had anything like this being thrust upon them, they're, they're not going to know. And so we're trying to take iPads into their homes so that they can uh, access uh, medicine, but also trying to teach them how to do that. We're buying, we're going to get their medicine for them. We're trying to get them signed up on uh, delivered their prescriptions to be delivered. Uh, so we're, we're fulfilling very various roles around medical, uh, really being a conduit and connections to keep people out and making sure they're staying in touch with their their primary care doctor. And you're actually looking for 25 tablets to help assist with this effort. Is that something that people could donate a tablet or? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, next up is e-learning and you have a donor that gave $26,000 and what is some of that money going towards and how are you helping families get set up with e-learning? Yeah, we, we uh, very quickly, right before school let out, we got 160 Chromebooks and tablets so that the older kids could have a Chromebook, the younger kids, we, we have an elementary school and making sure all of them had access. We were, uh, so they could do e-learning and we're pushing information out every day. The teachers are teaching through e-learning. 
We have been working and getting tablets for our middle school and high school students who attend different uh, schools here in the neighborhood, making sure that they can access e-learning. And we're working uh, in partnership with IPS and, and where there's kids in our neighborhood who go to IPS school, but they come to us for after school. We want to make sure they have access to computers. And so that's sort of our next phase of what we're trying to get together. Okay, and the last in your five focus area is social isolation. What are some ways that you're trying to help people feel more connected? We, we're uh, pushing information out to them. We're texting them videos. Uh, we're, we're having volunteers who will call them twice a week and just check with them, talk to them, see what's going on, ask them you know, how they're feeling. And, and just that simple phone conversation goes a long way in making sure that our neighbors don't feel like they're forgotten. So we actually, I saw a stat that Indianapolis has been hard hit and a lot of the hotlines, obviously deaths of despair, be it suicide, overdoses, were already on the rise. I mean, how much of an impact has this had in that area in this crisis in the last three weeks? Well, we hope it's, it's helping move the needle. We don't know, and we may not know for some time. But we're going to do everything we can and, and just keep calling people and connecting with them and let them know that uh, we do believe in the addicts that you're supposed to love your neighbor, and we're going to live that. Have you seen and I mean, have you seen an increase in overdoses? That's one of my fears is that people will absolutely really absolutely yeah. Actually, a week ago was one of the highest spikes we've had in a long time. Mm. We do a we have a, a support group and we're hearing back from them incredible pressure. Uh, you know, we're, I think we're all struggling with this idea of, of quarantine and being stuck at home and not being able to get out. And then you take folks who have some challenges as it deals with addictions and those things can, can surface quickly. And, and we're trying to using technology to connect to our neighbors that, that have the challenge to make sure that they don't see that as an option they have to take. Uh, Jay Height, the executive director of the Shepherd Community uh, Center, you're doing important, great work. If people want to support you, what are some of the best ways that they can support your work? Well, we would tell folks if, if you would like to, you can donate. You can go to our website. Uh, there's information on there, but you can always go to any of the shopping sites to do- donate to buy personal care items, personal hygiene items, as well as food. We'll be faithful to get that out to our families. And if you have questions, you can call us at 317-375-0203, and we will get back to you. Um, Right now, it's really difficult to have volunteers come down because of the health crisis. In the future, we'll be able to have volunteers coming back. Um, But as we said, we want to make sure we're all standing, standing together six feet apart. Excellent. Thank you, Jay Height of the Shepherd Community Center on the Near East Side. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for listening to Now Hear This. I'm your host, Chris Spangle. If you missed any portion of our program, you can listen on our website, nowhearthisindy.com. If you'd like to have your organization featured on the show, please contact Gabby at 317-475-7407 or contact, uh, get a hold of us on the contact page on our website. Thanks for listening, and we will be back again next weekend with Now Hear This. 
Are you tired of wasting your time watching people argue about politics? Are you ready to learn how to take liberty-based solutions and bring them to your average person and get those ideas into action? Hi, my name is Brian Nichols, sales executive and host of The Brian Nichols Show. As a senior communications consultant in the greater telecommunications and cybersecurity sector, I've spent years working with C-level executives to help them future-proof their company's infrastructure for an uncertain future. At The Brian Nichols Show, I'm bringing my sales coaching and expertise to the Liberty Movement. Why? Because instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Subscribe to the program at briannicholsshow.com and find the show on your favorite podcast app. Again, that's briannicholsshow.com. And oh, be sure to grab my free copy of my new ebook, Four Easy Steps You Can Take to Sell Liberty to Friends and Family, right now while you're there. One more time, that's briannicholsshow.com.